Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. Today we are in week two of our Lenten sermon series called, Are We Pharisees? And what we're doing in this series that that is meant to help us take a a critical look at our own lives is examining some of Jesus' interaction with the religious people of his day to see what these holy men might just have to teach us about missing the point. So Matthew 12, 22 begins in this way. It says, Then one possessed with a demon was brought to Jesus, blind and mute. Or as Matthew tells the story, we find some people bringing a man to Jesus facing his worst case scenario. And that something evil has overtaken him, stealing his sight along with his ability to talk. Or to try to get at the desperate place that this man finds himself. Try to imagine how much your life would change or how hard your life would get. If you not only lost the ability to see, but also to speak. Because that's the desperate place this man is living in. So because of that situation, what seems to be happening here is some friends of his have brought him to Jesus with the whole being. That as Jesus has done for so many others, he's going to do the exact same thing for this man. And as you guys know, As soon as Jesus sees this man, he has compassion for him. And without hesitation, he heals him. He sets him free. Or as Matthew explains, he healed him so that the blind and mute man both spoke and saw. And to actually get how amazing this is. Because let's be honest, when we read these stories, we just kind of read them and, you know, move on. But to get what's actually going on here, I want you to try to imagine how amazing This must have been not only for the man, but for everyone else sitting there who got to watch this happen right in front of your eyes. Or imagine yourself sitting there that day as Jesus takes a man who was blind and mute, and in a moment he gives him his sight and his speech back. Or imagine this man's desperation turning to absolute joy in a moment. So how do you think you would have responded to watching something as strange and wonderful as that? I mean, do you think you would have felt amazed, astonished, overwhelmed as goosebumps kind of covered your whole entire body? And then don't you think you'd be wondering to yourself, you know, who is this amazing man who can do such great things? Well, that's the way most of the people who got to witness this miracle reacted. Because that's the way you should react when a miracle has happened right in front of your eyes. Or it says... And the people were amazed. I don't think amazed is a big enough word for what's actually going on here. And the people were amazed and they said, is he not the son of David? Now, while keeping that in mind, because I think that's the way you should respond when that happens. What we find when we keep reading is that for some reason, the Pharisees, these holy ones of God, they respond like this. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this man, does not cast out, this man does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. 
Four, the way these Pharisees respond to watching a man giving back his sight in his speech is instead of seeing that God has to be at work here, they begin to accuse Jesus of being the prince of demons. Or instead of accepting that they just got to witness a miracle, they literally demonize Jesus. They call God the devil. But before you jump right back into the stereotypical way of thinking about these Pharisees as evil people, you know, striving to do evil things, please remember that these are the holy men of this time. These are the well-respected and loved preachers and religious teachers of that day who are honestly, with all of their heart, doing what they think is right. Which for me, it's something very, very important to get because that then means instead of just writing the Pharisees off as these evil degenerates and not even paying any attention to, to them, we, we have to actually ask an important question that they bring up. And that is, what, what is it about these holy men who really do want to serve God with everything that they are that keeps them from seeing? Or in an even bigger sense, why is it that these religious leaders who have spent most of their life seeking to serve and honor God with everything that they are, actually miss out on God himself standing right in front of them doing a miracle. Isn't that like the most ironic thing ever? These guys want to serve God with everything that they are, but when God is standing in front of them doing an amazing thing, they miss it. I mean, these guys should be the first to get it. They're the ones who are supposed to jump on board, and yet they don't. Well, as I started to kind of wrestle with this question, what became clear to me about what seems to be blinding these Pharisees is that ultimately they have become convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that out of all the people on the earth, they were the ones who had it all figured out. They were the ones who had it all nailed down and they were the ones who were also on God's side. Or to think about this in another way, just imagine the Pharisees in their sincere attempt to worship God, building a box and putting everything they know about God in that box. But before you jump to a conclusion here, because you think you understand where this metaphor is going, you first need to understand that building a box when it comes to understanding God is not a bad thing. In fact, in most instances, it's a good thing or actually necessary because truth be told, the only way we as human beings with our limited minds can make sense of an infinite God is we all have to build boxes or we all have to do the best we can with our limited ability in trying to make sense of a being who is, by definition, beyond any kind of box that we can create. And so then what that puts into perspective is that the big mistake that the Pharisees have made here is not that they've built a box. No, everybody's got to build a box. That's how it works. No, where they have missed the point or where they have gotten things wrong is they have mistaken their box for all there is to know about God, right? They have mistaken their box, their understanding of God for the box, or like we all have a tendency to do in so many ways, even though we would never admit this out loud. These Pharisees and their commitment to God got to a place where they really believed that out of all the people on the earth, they were the ones who had it all nailed down. They were certain that their box was the box, which in turn, what happens when God actually shows up into the world doing something new in the form of Jesus? Because Jesus didn't fit their box. They missed it. This very box that they built to help them worship and connect with God, it's the very thing that keeps them from seeing God doing something 
right in front of them. Or even more than that, it's the box that causes them to fight against God in the name of God. So do you guys see that? Isn't that very, very interesting? These people who deeply want to be a part of what God's doing in the world, the very box that they created is keeping them from seeing it. I just find that fascinating. Okay, so, so now that you're, you're starting to wrap your brain around all of that, what I think these Pharisees have to teach us about what not to do, how not to live, is I think we all need to be a bit more careful when it comes to thinking that out of all the people on the planet, out of all the different styles of Christianity and churches that exist, that, that somehow we are the ones who have it all figured out. Or in other words, we need to be really careful about not thinking our box is the box. Because as the Pharisees make very, very clear, what can happen to those who believe they have the box? And there, there's a whole lot of churches and a whole lot of people who believe this, whether they want to admit it or not, is that we are not only more likely to miss out on God doing something amazing right in front of us, because God is always bigger than our boxes, but it could ultimately lead us to the place where in the name of God, we fight against God. Or... To give you an interesting example to kind of bring this to light, how many of you have heard about the great pipe organ scandal? Anybody? No? It's something that I can't believe that there's not too many people who know this. So how many of you, when you think about the pipe organ, you think about it as an instrument that belongs in the church? Anybody? Right. I mean, when you think pipe organ these days, when you think pipe organ, church goes right along with it. Well, so whether you like it or not, and I know there's some people that, that aren't real fond of the pipe organ, the pipe organ has been instrumental to the life of the church for hundreds and hundreds of years. In fact, the church wouldn't be what it is today without this instrument. But did you know that when the pipe organ was being introduced to the church, that many a faithful Christian at that time thought it was an instrument of the devil? Come on now, right? The pipe organ, an instrument of the devil, but that's what they really thought. Or according to some sources that I found, the organ gradually made its way into general usage in the Catholic Church by the 13th century. But some of the reformers, particularly John Calvin, considered it an instrument of the world and of the devil. And what you need to know about John Calvin is Calvin wasn't an unfaithful atheist trying to hold the church back. No, John Calvin was a man who devoted his life to, to moving the church forward. Or truth be told, without the amazing work of John Calvin, we wouldn't be sitting here today in a Protestant church. That's how important this guy was. But... Like with the Pharisees, we find this man of great faith and devotion while thinking outside of the box in so many different areas that when it came to the organ, mistaking his box for the box or fighting against the very instrument that God would use and continues to use to help people worship and connect with God every single Sunday morning. And then to get just how big this issue was during the early part of the Reformation, you're going to find another big wig of the Reformation, John Knox, under Calvin's influence, actually spending a whole lot of his time removing these offensive, demonic instruments from the churches in Scotland. Until finally in 1727, there was only one organ left in all of Scotland. Isn't that amazing? Right? And it just goes to show, well, we, we kind of do the same thing today in some different ways. Or the, the funny thought that I hit is, you know how kids like to rebel and listen to music that their parents don't want them to listen to? So back in that time period, these kids are rocking out to the organ because it was dangerous. 
right? Isn't that absolutely hysterical? <laughs> you were a rebel if you listened to the pipe organ. Now, what I think th this scandal makes even clear for you and I is that thinking that we've got it all figured out is not just a problem the Pharisees had. No, the way Calvin and, and Knox responded to this, along with the way many people continue to respond to contemporary music in the church today, puts into perspective that no matter how faithful we may be, we're all susceptible to this mistake. We're all susceptible to the possibility of missing God, doing something amazing right in front of us, or we're all susceptible to actually fighting against God in the name of God, which is the worst case scenario. I know none of you want to be that. So do you see that? Do you see how it's not just something we can just, just put under the table and move on? Okay, so now that you're, you're seeing that the danger of mistaking your box for the box, now that you get that, the question I think we all need to be wrestling with as we continue to look critically at our own lives during the season of Lent is, what is our pipe organ? What is our, it's really easy just to go, those guys are ding-dongs and we'll, we never do any of that stuff. But I think we need to ask the question, what is our pipe organ? Or what is it that God might be doing in the world to further his kingdom today that because of our box, because of what we believe, that we're missing and we're maybe even fighting against? And, and the way that I would encourage you to begin to wrestle with this question is, first of all, like we talked about last week, we need to continue to ask God to give us eyes to see. We need to ask God, say, hey, God, I don't want to miss anything. Open my eyes that I may see. We just sang the song a little bit ago. And then as we continue to pray that prayer, I also believe we need to call into question an assumption that many of us hold on to today without even thinking about it. And that assumption is this. This is the way it's always been, so it has to be right. This is the way it has always been, so it has to be to be right. How many of you guys have ever heard those words spoken in a church before? Anybody? Yeah. How many of you guys have ever heard those words spoken at your work before? Right? Now, I'm not saying that we throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is we need to be open to God doing new things in the world. Because what you're going to find as you kind of look throughout the, the Old Testament, New Testament, and in a church history is that God is doing new things in new ways all of the time. And he's still doing some of that stuff today. And we want to make sure, as the people of God, as the one that God is calling to, to minister to this community in the world, that we're not the ones who are getting in the way. We're not the ones who are fighting against those things that, that God is actually trying to do in this world. So again, in light of what we have learned today, and it is important, in humbleness, I think we've always, as a part of our prayer time, we need to continue to ask God to give us eyes to see. While at the same time, questioning the assumption, it's always been this way, so it's got to be right. So do you guys see that? Right? And it's not only a church thing. I know there's a lot of things that come to my mind uh, when I think about this in terms of church. This is a life thing. If we don't have eyes to see, God can be doing something right in front of us that we really need to see, even answering our prayers. But because of our box, we miss it. And we can't move on. We can't do what God is calling us to do. So ultimately, that's what I think the Pharisees have to teach us.
So I leave you with this all-important question. What is your pipe organ? What is your pipe organ? And share that with all your friends, by the way, too. They'll get it. Let us pray. Father, we are here because we love you and we want to worship you. And we're also here, Lord, because we don't want to get in your way. We don't want to become like the Pharisees, these religious people who truly were trying to give everything to you, but because of their box, they couldn't see you at work right in front of them. So Lord, um, give us eyes to see. Open our eyes. Help us not to become the people who fight against you or get in your way, but instead the kind of people with anxious anticipation who jump on board and say yes to following you. Or Lord, help us to be the kind of people who always ask the question, what is my pipe organ? What is it that is getting in my way so that we can see when you do something new in different ways in this world for the sake of your kingdom. Lord, we ask this all in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.